girls. I'm Sina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to... Two Girls Watch TV. Hello! Hello and welcome back. Two Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. Oh, isn't that cool? I have my notes on my phone. And... (laughs) There's a page... I didn't know that it did that. They did a page break? Yeah. They do a page break... Here, look. They do that on... Oh, I think... I think it's just a Google Docs thing. You know what? I think I put that page break there. Maybe. But I didn't do it on my phone. So it's different. It's a dotted line. There you go. It looks like when we used to write cursive in our penmanship Mm -hmm. books. Mm Mm-hmm. I digress. Danielle, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing just dandy. I haven't thought about cursive in a while. Or penmanship class. Penmanship. That's how you know we went to a specific type of school, that we had a penmanship class. I got all A's in penmanship. I was terrible at penmanship because you you know how I old my pen. You should have been a doctor. Why? Because your penmanship is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I hold my pen the way no person should hold a pen. In reality, I'm telling you, hey, you should be making six figures because the way that you write with a pen is terrible. So it's that sounds really, better. really bad. Really, really bad. When I've been watching these shows, I've been taking notes with a physical, like, pen and paper How's as opposed going? to typing. I like it a lot more, but me going back and reading my notes, I'm like, mm, I was gonna okay, say, is that a P or a D? But I also find myself when I'm writing down notes very quickly, I go very quick into cursive. More specifically with my E's and my S's. I just go whoop, whoop. My print is a hybrid of cursive. I can't write out letters. I need to, like, loop them all together. I get real lazy real quick. The lazy man's. If you ever heard me talk on this podcast, I get real lazy real quick. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. Today's episode is... Not about being lazy at all. (laughs) The main character is the opposite of lazy. Yes, and I, again, was gonna say The Diplomat. We watched The Politician. We will be talking about The Politician. Not The Diplomat. The Diplomat and Politician, two different things. Tomatoes, tomatoes. (laughs) No. (laughs) I have the summary. Are you ready? I'm ready. Payton is on the mission to win the election for student body president and then President of the United States of America. After his running mate and former lover, River, commits suicide in front of him, River's girlfriend, Astrid, takes over the campaign. A brutal hatred running through both their veins. The candidates set out to find the perfect VP, secrets, and sabotages to win. Peyton sees that he loses himself mentally through the election, while Astrid loses herself physically by forcing someone to kidnap her. Brutal words and attempted assassinations cannot be taken back. However, let me pause here because up to this point, I was very prominent about being neutral. Okay. And then somewhere, my sarcastic side (laughs) took over. Okay. So I'm preparing you for what's about to come. Okay. All right? Brutal words, attempted assassinations cannot be taken back. However... Forces can be rejoined as we end up in a college. A senator with a tired campaign appears vulnerable. 
Apparently, this is a great reason for a fake kidnapper, three sabotagers, and an attempted murderer to join forces as BFFs and bring Peyton another win. We already know where Christina, how Christina feels about this. I want, <laughs> it's going to be different. Can I correct you really quickly? Sure. River isn't Peyton's running mate. Oh, I said running mate? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant like running against it's, that it's person. It's competition. That's what I meant. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. What, I just wanted to correct what's you. What's a running mate then? Running mate is what Infinity and eventually Sky Layton were. Oh, That's like her running mate VPs. when you like run together. Oh, okay. I messed that up. Yeah. yeah. Competition. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So we're going to have different opinions. Yes, we are. Yeah. Because you were like, this is a great show. I and still. You should watch it. I still think it was a great show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, before we get into that. <laughs> Go over the before characters. Before we fill up the pool full of jello and we wrestle it out, let's talk about the characters. <laughs> Actually, before I get Donate into Donate to our Patreon to see that live. <laughs> All right. So this show was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best TV Series, Musical, or Comedy. And Ben Platt was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actor in a TV Series, Musical, or Comedy. Ben Platt plays Peyton Hobart, an overachieving high school senior with the ambition of being president, as Christina just said. Characters say to him constantly throughout the show that he never stops thinking. River tells him, you do so much all the time, you lose perspective. And throughout this series, you see him dealing with him trying to understand if he is a sociopath or not. That is our main character arc about Peyton. We don't know if he's a sociopath. He has trouble really digesting feelings and expressing his. River, as we mentioned, River Barkley is played by David Sweat. He's a popular, sensitive jock who tutors Peyton in Mandarin. Peyton and River are romantically involved. As Christina said, River runs against Peyton in the election and kills himself in front of Peyton in the first episode. His ghost then follows Peyton around throughout the show and acts as Peyton's conscience. Are you my conscience? (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) Uh, Then we have James Sullivan, played by Theo Germain, and McAfee Westbrook, Westbrook, played by Laura Dreyfus. These are Peyton's main political strategists. They are extremely deadpan fact people. They provide the polling numbers, as they comically mentioned, the Haitian vote really is for Peyton. Meanwhile, it is one kid at the school who (laughs) is the Haitian vote. We think they are loyal to Peyton, but throughout the season we find out that their loyalty is not as strong as we thought it would be. We also have Alice Charles, played by Julia Schlafer. That is Peyton's girlfriend, future first lady. She's truly dedicated to Peyton and his campaign, and she will stand by him no matter what. Uh, She does stray as well as his two political strategists, but at the end, they're dedicated to him no matter what. We have Infinity Jackson, played by Zoe Deutsch. She is asked to be Peyton's VP in order to gain the sympathy vote. She is childlike and sheltered by her grandmother. We find out that throughout the show, everyone thinks that she has cancer, but we find out later on that she does not actually have cancer, and she didn't even know it. Then we have Dusty, quote-unquote, Nana Jackson, played by Jessica Lange, a classic Ryan Murphy pick. Whenever I heard... It's American Horror Story, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That character, by the way, is also from, like, straight out of Law & Order SVU. Or as my mom would call it, SUV. <laughs> 
Every time they said Miss Jackson on the show. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. We can't afford this. So, Dusty is is the true definition of a con woman. She's a master manipulator. She has everyone under her thumb. She can work anyone. She has what is called Munchausen's, specifically by through proxy. Mm-hmm. And what it is is she gets sympathy for Infinity being sick, and even more than sympathy, she gets money and vacations and kickbacks from the government. Then we have Ricardo, played by Benjamin Barrett. This is Infinity's secret boyfriend. He is the epitome of the angry, degenerate teenager. He's not smart, and he is easily manipulated, and because Dusty is such a manipulator, she gets him to do whatever she wants. I'm sitting here just shaking my head. Oh my god, I just feel like you're drinking the haterade. I am. Just salty, salty. Okay, then we have Astrid Sloan. Wait till we get to the lows. Oh my goodness. That's all I gotta say. We have Astrid Sloan, played by Lucy Boynton. This is River's girlfriend who takes his place after he dies. She is an ice queen. She's the product of her toxic, wealthy parents' quest to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, she breaks free from them and is able to find her own way in the world, especially when she goes to New York. Then we have Sky Layton, played by Ron Jones. Uh, she's Astrid's running mate and later Peyton's running mate because she switched teams. She's extremely focused on winning and will stop at nothing to get her ambitions fulfilled, who is also questionable in her morals. Everybody's questionable in their morals in the yes. show. Everybody. Noble mentions. We have the mom played by Gwyneth Paltrow, the dad played by Bob Balaban, and then we have Martin and Luther, who are Peyton's Useless. twins, Sorry. played by Trey and Trevor <laughs> Eason. The climax of this series comes during the sixth and seventh episode called The Assassination of Peyton Hobart. We are going to see literal assassination attempts, we have an assassination of character and an assassination of his reputation. Oh, I like how you said an assassination of character. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I really like the way that, that was worded. Yeah. I might like that part of the show. Yeah. So continue. You didn't You didn't think that it was I, character assassination? I didn't put it in that wording in my brain. Okay. So I almost want to like it now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just, oh, God, I sat here and I was like, ah, with every episode. And I got you to like it? No. But maybe a little bit maybe more little, than you maybe, did in maybe 20 minutes ago? Oh, my goodness. 12 minutes ago? Sorry. I, that's not true. I I will say again, <laughs> I had feelings that we're, we're going we're gonna to have some feelings. We're going to hash them out. We're going to have some feelings. But there were certain parts that, one part in particular, one theme in particular that I'll bring mm -hmm. up that I appreciated very, very, very much. Okay. Everything else I could do without. Okay. So that's more a, or less. More that's or a less. little teaser of what what we got. Yeah. So keep on listening. I'm gonna tease you. All right. Let's talk about the climax. The assassination. Subscribe of to our Patreon <laughs> to watch it live. Oh my god. Okay. The assassination <laughs> of Peyton Hobart. In these episodes, we are thick in the race. Peyton versus Astrid, and at the last minute, we find out that Astrid pulls out of the race. She pulls back her... What's the word I'm looking for? She, she rescinds her, like, running... She resigns... I guess She drops not, out of the race. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. It. She drops out of the race. 
and Peyton does not take it well. He has, throughout this show, even in the beginning when he's trying to get into Harvard, he wants to do things because he earned them. He wants to put in the hard work and he wants to prove that he can do it. And by her dropping out of the race, he wins immediately and that's not how he wanted to win. And something in him changes and this is the start of his downward spiral. Then, as he takes office, you find out that he's really not a good president. He has basically no agenda, and he's not getting anything passed that he wants to get a pa passed. And at this moment, we see that Skye is his VP. She is now the VP, and she's not happy with how Peyton is running the presidency, and we start to smell a coup about to happen. <laughs> get that whiff? <laughs> Throughout the series, we know that Peyton and his team have secrets that they don't want to get out. The biggest one being that they know that Infinity doesn't actually have cancer and that she is lying about having cancer. It's one of the reasons why he dropped her. Well, she's not... Okay, wait. She doesn't know, though. He tells her. Oh, okay. He tells her. Then she knows. And then once she knows that she doesn't have cancer, that's when all of this starts to unravel. Right. Because then... She calls the cops, because she knows that her grandmother is poisoning her, she calls the cops. There's that great scene with Infinity, Dusty, and Ricardo, where it's like Infinity is trying to defuse a bomb, oh, because both of them are trying to kill themselves at what the same time. Ricardo by lighting himself on fire, and Dusty by shooting herself. And we wind up with Dusty shooting Ricardo, and Dusty gets arrested, and when she does get arrested, you think that she's going to twist her way out of it, but no, she admits everything. But at the end of her confession, she says Peyton Hobart knew all about this too, so you need to arrest him as well. And at that moment, the information gets out that Peyton knew, and he loses his job as president. The principal asks for his resignation, and his reputation is ruined. Harvard rescinds their admission this is his assassination of character. Gotcha. That makes sense, though, because, you know, it's the whole thing of, like, they knew and he did do something eventually, but, like, the right thing would have been to do it at the right time. Exactly. He held onto the information and tried to bury it, as opposed to really trying to take care of the situation. Right. If you find out about that, you take care of it quickly. Like, call the police. Let's talk about the physical assassinations. Skye tries to poison Peyton with a cupcake. She and McAfee are romantically involved, and which Peyton does not know. It's safely assumed that everybody's romantically involved yeah, some, in the show. Because you also find out that Alice and James are also romantically involved. Mm-hmm. Yes. The creators decided to throw a whole musical in the middle of this, called assassins which okay that's very called glee too very blaringly obvious honestly i did not mind it so much that whole scene it worked it, it worked because it's ben platt also <sighs> he, he's such an amazing singer and i didn't know zoe deutsch could sing like that either i did not either but and then i thought ricardo maybe like out of nowhere he would be able to sing really well absolutely not no he was terrible but Ricardo is part of this play that they're all in, and which is on purpose because Dusty and Ricardo are teaming up to also assassinate Peyton, and Dusty thinks that he's going to literally shoot Peyton, but what he decides to do is take a BB gun, 
put the bullets in dead possum guts and get him sepsis. Which I thought was very funny. Because you, the whole time you think that he's an idiot and they call him dumb the whole episode and then he comes out of nowhere with the idea to poison him with sepsis so no one can find out. It's pretty great. I thought it was clever. I don't know if it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Sorry. So Peyton winds up in the hospital almost about to die and Ricardo confesses to Infinity that he did this and Infinity runs to the hospital, lets them know ASAP. Peyton is saved, but what is going on in the background is his mom is starting up her affair with the stable girl again, and she's about to run away with her, and the father finds out, and he gets very upset, and he cuts off the mother and Peyton, so Peyton and the mom are basically stuck with nothing. Peyton's got no hopes of being president one day, he's got no money to fall back on, he's got no friends, no girlfriend, and he has to just figure it out. Well, I'm going to pick up the ending with episode eight, which is takes a slightly different direction as they go into college. Yes. Let me just say, for those of you who don't know, Ryan Murphy also created Glee. One of the things that was different about this show than Glee, not to compare the two, but Glee went from class year to class year. This was one thing that was different. The last episode of this first season left you on a cliffhanger in a totally different point in time than the first seven episodes. Yes. So it was like an overly intentional cliffhanger, which was a little different. Yes. Which was okay, um, but, you know, to some, the I, I re- was reading some of the reviews and people were like, I have no idea where this came from. So I see where he went. I see where, where he went with it, Instead too. Instead of finishing an entire season and risking the chance of getting canceled, yeah, he made this last episode intentionally different to give people a real tease as to what direction that he was going in. Yeah, there's no closure after this last episode. Right. It's leaving people on the thought, well, I need to know what happens. Right. So everyone moved on in their own directions with college and their jobs. Her name's Allison. Alice. Oh, Alice. Alice is getting married. Mm -hmm. James and Peyton live together and they're going to college. Everybody, Everybody pretty much is at that level. So what's her name? Mick? McAfee. McAfee is interning, or she has her first job, rather. She, she's interning. Interning. Most of them are either still in college, or some of them are, like, out. But she is interning for a New York senator's campaign office, and she sees a vulnerability because all they do is send out flyers. She's a very successful senator, which I mentioned in the summary. And she decides to take their lack of understanding of the points that she brought up, like, hey, guys, this is an issue, she takes it as a sense of vulnerability and decides to attack it. So that brings her, Allison, James, Sky, and Astrid together to back up Peyton for this possible slash potential win. Yeah. And that's kind of where we lead off. So the senator is aware that he exists. They're aware that he's very young. They think that he's inexperienced and they're not thinking that they need to be worried. Yeah. And that's where we kind of leave it. The main pieces of foreshadowing throughout this... Um, When they start doing the play, the director says, a villain never thinks he is a villain 
He is the hero of his own story. Yes, I loved that quote. So clearly, <laughs> like, you cannot miss this. Yeah. That it's obviously foreshadowing that, what's his name, Ricardo is so very clearly yeah. the villain, and he thinks that he's doing the right thing throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. Ricardo holding the gun during the play. Yes. We knew that was going to be a huge issue. We yep. knew something was going to happen with that gun. It was either going to be B B B. Beep, beep. Be a BB gun. Yeah. It was very difficult to say. It's okay. Or that it was going to be a real gun. I thought it was a real gun. Yeah. yeah. So there was definitely some sort of foreshadowing that somebody was going to get shot with that gun and uh, my bet was on Peyton and I was right. So those are the two pieces of foreshadowing that like really stood out. But they yeah. were like highlighted, right? Yes. There was no kind of it wasn't thinking. S- it wasn't subtle. No, not at all. No. Not at all. So, in terms of um, the reviews, I was shocked that IMDb gave this such a high rating. What'd they give it? A 7.6 out of 10. That's good. Yeah, I think that is pretty good. What was Rotten Tomatoes? So, very weird. When I went on Rotten Tomatoes, there is no critic rating. Really? No critic rating, but the audience gave it 85%. I don't get it, man. How is there no critic rating? I thought that something was wrong with my computer. I typed in the wrong TV show or movie. It's but a brand no, new computer. I, I looked. <laughs> I, <don't> <laughs> I looked it up, and Rotten Tomatoes did not have a critic rating. Wow! No, that's yeah. No okay. critics watched this. Apparently, it's like when you buy something on Amazon. Be the first to review. Yeah, that's how you know. That's really being a test dummy. So. In terms of the reviews, I found one that was just posed as a question and then one's an actual review. And I was fair. I picked a question that was just asking a question. There was no number behind it. And the second, the review that I picked was actually 6 out of 10. Okay. I tried to find something in the middle. Okay. Because apparently nobody understands things the way that I do. So. The question is. How come all high school students look 30 years old? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. So this is a trend in many high school movies. It's dating, valid. Dating back to like Greece. Do you remember that? You I just brought that meme posted me. a meme on my Instagram because I saw it and I cackled. I only post memes on my Instagram that make me cackle. And this one was... I must have been young if I thought that these two people were high school students and it was a picture of Marty and a picture... No. Yeah. Marty and Rizzo. Yeah. They look so old. They They look look older than than me right now. They look older than we do. Yeah. At this point, the only way you know someone's in high school in movies is because they say it takes place in a physical high school. It doesn't really matter. But not for nothing. Not for nothing. Not for anything. Yeah. When I was teaching high school... Yeah. I had high school students that looked older than me. Yeah. Not to not to stick up for please, no. please, not to stick up for this at all. But I just thought that was silly. Because this is this so this also happened in Glee and there was oh, what is his name? The Puck? one Yeah. Yeah. I don't Noah Pucker Pucker Puckerman. Puckerman. Yep. Yep. But I think they called him Puck for short. I had such a crush on him he back was in the day. Super old. He was like thirty. Yeah. Playing a sixteen year old. Well, or a was, 17-year-old. Wasn't it not another teen movie making fun of Never Been Kissed? Do you remember the movie Never Been Kissed? You're speaking another language to me right now. <laughs> okay, Never Been Kissed, Drew Barrymore. She's a reporter, and she pretends to be a high school student, and she writes a whole uh, news article about it. I'll take your word for it. But she's Drew Barrymore, so she looks like an older person, and how did she, like, convince... Anyway. I don't get it. 
I, I, don't, I don't get it either. I thought this was a valid question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of reviews that said, like, listen, if it's high school students, just cast high school students. And what makes me nervous about these kind of things they is They haven't that, done that since High School Musical. Exactly. But what makes me nervous is that when it's older, I get nervous that it's going to be more provocative than it should be. And I watch the plot and I'm like, wait a minute, we think these people are 16 years old. Please do not have this 16-year-old take her shirt off. Please do not let me watch this. When did the first episode have someone take their shirt off? I'm just saying, like, they get provocative. Oh, and well, then it, it opens with a post-sex scene. Yes, it does. And they're teenagers! <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, but that's also just the nature of teenage movies. Mm. Okay, if... They're minors. I'm, I'm supposedly watching minors. In it's not... the last 20 years, let's say... Okay. Shows like I'm gonna start current and work my way back. Uh, Gossip Girl, didn't watch it. OC, didn't watch it. One Tree Hill, didn't watch it. Yeah, I think you have a type. <laughs> I think you don't like this genre of television. This, but I liked Glee. Da- and- Dawson's Creek, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch that one either. But uh, Summerland was one I was really obsessed with. I Degrassi didn't watch it. was one that I was obsessed with. I watched with. like two episodes. These are it. like teen dramas, teen comedies. But it touches on that stuff. Do they look like teenagers? No. No. Does it influence teenagers to do that thing? I don't know. What channel was Degrassi on? It was on the N, but it was a Canadian television show. So I had a basic cable, so I never, <laughs> so, I never got to watch. No, that. we. My dad was a big HBO fan, so we had the premium package, and I oh. got to watch Degrassi. Excuse me. I knew Drake before you even know knew what Drake was. Probably. He was Aubrey, Aubrey Graham when I was growing up. Well, I remember the wheelchair bit. Yes. So, oh I only saw a couple of episodes, oh so I can't God. really... Why would you bring up the episode where Jimmy gets shot? I didn't Still bring... to this day. I just said wheelchair. I thought he was in a wheelchair the whole time. No, there's an episode in Degrassi when he gets shot. It's a school shooting episode. He gets shot in the back. I remember... When did I bring that up? Just now! <laughs> You were talking about his wheelchair. That's how he ends up in the wheelchair? Yes. I he gets shot that. in the back during a school shooting. Oh, I had no idea. It was, it was a very, very intense episode. I thought he was in a wheelchair the entire time. No. It was that, like, episode. I remember watching it live. It was once every week, and there was a cliffhanger in the middle. That was a tough week. See, that's how little I know about this show. I, I can't. I don't really. I can't, this isn't. I guess that's not my genre, but also. It's, it's my genre. But I. <laughs> Listen, the first two and a half seasons, some might even argue the first three seasons of Glee, the writing was fantastic. It was really, really good. It was, it had satire, it had sass, it had jazz in it, it had undertones, the foreshadowing was subtle and you had to like watch it and pay attention to pick it up. And then somewhere along the line, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I honestly don't know. And don't even get me started on Scream Queens because... Forget it. I never watched that. I watched the first season and I was like, what? Is this a puzzle that is also a television show? I, I cannot I got watch confused this. with Scream Queens because I think it was around the same time as American Horror Story, the one where they're in Louisiana. I didn't want, I actually never watched American Horror Story. American Horror Story is pretty good. Yeah, I don't like scary, but I'll give it a shot. Watch the first season. I want to watch the season with Matt Bomer. Which one is that? He's from White Collar. Where were we? I think he was with Lady oh, Gaga. Oh, I didn't tell my... Uh, I'm straight up... Um, I didn't tell my review. You. I didn't even tell my review. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I yeah. just said the question. Oh. <laughs> that that was all about the question. Okay, moving on. Sorry. The review is 6 out of 10. 
skip it, not worth watching it. But they gave it 6 out of 10. So I gave okay. it a shot. So much potential, such a great cast. It started well, but as it happens in every Ryan Murphy show, the writer, loose interest, not loses interest, loose. but loose, like a loose rope or a loose <laughs> knot, throughout the middle of the series. So by the end of the first season, you don't know what the show is about. The last episode was confusing and exhausting, all thrown to the garbage. I only gave it a six for the first six episodes and for Gwyneth Paltrow. It's a miss, so don't worry. So don't worry skipping this TV show. And he gave him six out of ten? I think that the, the what he wrote was, it was a little bit more harsh than yeah. what the actual number was. Maybe it, he accidentally clicked on the stars afterwards and was like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. It could be. I mean, I... I appreciate the fact that there are certain reviews that refer back to the creator, like other things that this person has created. Yeah. And there were other things that they referred, they referred back to Glee, they referred back to Scream Queens. Yeah. And yeah. Things like that. So I think it's always going to be the plot holes and the lack of continuity, and more importantly, the lack of character continuity that do me in every yeah. time with, with, with this. Yeah. Go ahead with your review. So mine is 4.5 out of 5 stars, and you're not going to like this review whatsoever. I'm not going to like this person. Okay. I learned three things from watching The Politician. One, when Ryan Murphy dials it back just a little, he's a pretty good storyteller. Oh! (laughs) Actually, that's... This was a good idea. Yeah. I will... I will... Okay. You'll agree with I it, will say sort this, of. This was a this was a good idea for a show. Yes. Number two, Ben Platt is a hell of an actor. I, I think we can all agree oh, on I, that. Listen, that's my high. That's the high. Yeah. And number three, the Golden Globes cannot be trusted. Who did it lose it? To, lo- excuse me. Who did, who did it lose it to? I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't remember who it lost to. Well, while you're looking that up. Sorry for my tippy-tappies. Tippy-tappies. Should I go into my highs and lows while you're looking it up? All right. So, two major highs. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Y'all ready for this? This is not the first time we've done that. Bet freaking Mittler. Oh, yeah. First of all, when when she came on the screen in that orange suit, did you think that they were trying to make her McAfee but older? Because that's what I thought. Because McAfee always wore those two-piece suits that matched so perfectly, and they were crazy. I love the suit. I love the suits, period. This oh, makes yeah. me want to take out my suit. This, this whole thing. Between this and Late Night, these back-to-back... Are these? Are we, film, are we presenting them back-to-back? I feel like we are. What? Late Night. Late, uh, yes, we are. These back-to-back shows made me, made me take want to take out my suits again. That, but that's not where I was going with this. Sorry. But I saw her on the screen, and all of a sudden, in my head, I was like, Well, hello, Dolly. Mm-hmm. That's all I could think about. Because I saw her in Hello, Dolly. Oh, did Like you? a year or two ago. Yes, and she was fantastic. And she... I love Bette Midler. ...is amazing. Amazing. She is. And it was just like a nice surprise. It was, who, it was her, Judith Light. Judith Light. And Bette Midler. And it was like, just seeing them interact. And, you know, at this point I had no idea where the hell the show was going. But I was like... I think we all, once you get to that last episode, you're, you're like... What is happening Listen, here? You're on your own at that point. That's why I was trying to. A part of me thought that like McAfee was Bette Midler, 
and then Judith Light was Alice, and this was the future, and it jumped ahead, and I didn't know, and I was trying to get the context clues of, like, what year is this? Are there flying cars out there? Are there flying? I don't know what's trying, what's trying to happen, but right. then I, it all came together. Also, while, sorry, just to interject, yes. the politician lost to Fleabag for best TV series, musical, or comedy. But it was also up against, was Barry in that? Uh, it was Fleabag, Barry. Oh, and Marvelous Miss Maisel. And Marvelous Miss Maisel Mm. and the Kaminsky method. The Golden Globes can be trusted. I do not agree with that last statement. Then Ben Platt lost to Rami for Rami. He was up against Michael Douglas, Bill Hader, and Paul Rudd. What is Rami, though? I don't know. Should we watch this? I think it's on Hulu. I like Bill Hader. I like Bill Hader a lot. We'll watch Rami just so that everyone can stop asking what is Rami because I really want to know. Well, we're going to watch Barry too because I've heard it's very, very good. I only watched like one or two episodes so I can't really tell you my (laughs) feelings on it. Not like this where, listen, the worst show in the world is girls and this is nowhere near that. So I'm having some feelings. I think... My silence says it all that I do not agree. So you think that Girls is a good show? So that Jello pit? Are we gonna do red Jello or green Jello? You know, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. I think we should go green Jello. Or no, we should do lemon Jello. Get it yellow and like switch everyone off because no no one goes for yellow Jello. Yellow Jello. The other high that I had was Ben Platt. Oh yeah. Now we've all seen Pitch Perfect. I'm sure at least the first one. But I absolutely fell in love with Ben Platt when I saw him on Broadway. For Dear Evan Hansen? No. In the Book of Mormon. Oh. I didn't know he was in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. If I'm not... um, Now I'm second-guessing myself. So why don't you do your highs while I look it up? So... I also very much liked Ben Platt. His voice is amazing. However, I wasn't really a fan of him doing Vienna at the end. I don't know why. Oh, I liked. I enjoyed I liked that. it, but I wasn't. I wasn't fully on board with it. Anyway, my it, that was neither a high or a low for me. But my high was the episode, the voter. He's Elder Cunningham, in the Book of Mormon. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the voter. I really liked the episode, the voter, where it is. But these are highs or lows. This is my high. Okay. Where it was the episode from the point of view of Elliot. He's an undecided voter, and it follows him around all day. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I thought it was it was a breath of fresh air. It was a change of pace because we were so focused on all these main characters and everyone is so dedicated and so high intensity that to finally have like a a lazy teenager just kind of floating around life and seeing all these busy bees like fly around him and try to get him to vote when he just wants them to leave him the heck alone. He punches James in the face. I loved it. I thought that was such a different thing that you don't see in most tv shows i really liked it i really liked the episode his little sister saying that she wanted to get starbucks and i was like now i want starbucks why would you say this to me and now i'm probably gonna listen back and be like oh, now i want starbucks oh my god that's a continuity error what i forget what episode it is when ben platt is driving to wherever he is to go get alice i'm sorry i'm skipping it's ahead. okay he tells um rivers in the car with him because he sees river yeah he tells him to go to dunkin du- Listen, true coffee lovers, you will appreciate this. He tells him to go to Starbucks. No, yeah. I'm sorry. He tells him to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get another iced coffee. Yeah. The iced coffee that's in that car has a dark green straw. Oh, I noticed that. So yes. where did that come from? Yes, I agree with you. Starbucks. 
Yeah. Not Dunkin' Donuts. I that I thought about that as well. Cool. Thank you. So my high was the voter. I thought it was a very, very interesting take in Sorry. the middle of the season. Yes. I, as we mentioned before, I loved McAfee's suits. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I talk about this podcast, I talk about the music and the clothing, and this TV show is no different. I loved the clothing, and I loved the music. The choice of Chicago by Sufjan Stevens mm. to be the, like, theme song, which is a song that came out in 2005. The album came out in 2005. That's not a new song. Right. I loved it. I got stuck in my head and then I had to listen to it on repeat. Mm-hmm. So that's my high. Um, did you do your low yet? I didn't, but do, I cut you off like once to add in it's a little okay. bit. So why don't you, And I'll, but I also have like a lot of lows. You know that I'm typically the one to cut you you off. I know. But when so. you said the straw thing, I remember that I didn't write it down and I, I my ADD. Yeah, I forgot about it until you brought that up and I thought the same thing. My attention deficit disorder, I... I heard something shiny, so to speak, and then I just went off in a different direction. I apologize. It's okay. Uh, so why don't you do your lows first? My low is they hold a There's blood drive. No, I have two. Oh, I have two. My low is they hold a blood drive to A, like, promote Peyton as president, mm-hmm. and also B, to try to get blood from Infinity to find out if she actually does have cancer. Mm-hmm. If you have cancer... Are you allowed to donate blood? I don't think so. Yeah. That was a continuity error that I picked up. That was one of one of many. <laughs> Sorry. Then my also low is Peyton's dad or adopted dad. I don't I didn't like his character. One second he's pretending to be dead or to be alive in a coma to catch his son's about to kill him and be on Peyton's side, and then the next minute he's disowning Peyton and all in cahoots with uh uh, Martin and Luther, which, why the heck did they name them Martin Luther? Like, Martin Luther, like, the head of the Lutheran church, or Martin Luther, like, Martin Luther King Jr.? I don't know. But, yeah, I just didn't like the dad. I thought he was a stupid character. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Let me buckle in. Right. Let me go take a nap. Let me go get some coffee while you... <laughs> You'll be awake till next you Thursday. You list off your lows. Episode one. You have your lows by episodes? Yeah, I think I have a, at least one per almost every episode. Oh, my goodness. Okay, the mere fact that Astra took decided to take over the race at River's funeral. Uh, that wasn't his funeral. That was just his Wake. memorial. No, it was like his memorial at school. Uh-uh. It wasn't his family funeral. Are you sure? Yeah, they were having a memorial at school, and that's when like Ben Platt sings to the class. If it was his wake, they wouldn't invite the whole school. Oh, I just thought, like, everybody in the school loved him and showed support. No, that was in the gymnasium that they did that. Okay. All right, so I'll hold off on that one. <laughs> Is this going to be, be me defending? You're not going to be able to defend this next one. Go for so, it. Episode 2, Infinity, says that she wanted this race her whole life. Oh, yeah? Then why did she deny it twice? I don't want to get involved. I feel like I'm being used. If you, if her character shows a sense of stubbornness, and when she wants something, her greed gets in the way. Right mm-hmm. when she finally gets free of her nana and then gets the trip to Paris. Yeah. She was like, "No, I don't want this. No, I don't want to be a part of this." And, all, and then all of a sudden, she was like, "Pain, are you kidding me? I've wanted this my whole life." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! This is not the same character that denied this." Maybe the it sho- entire time. Maybe it shows that she's just easily influenced by the people she's around. Because before she gets in cahoots with Peyton, she's working with her grandmother, and her grandmother is the main person manipulating her. 
she doesn't want Peyton to be the manipulator. But then once she gets in cahoots with Peyton, Peyton's so driven in saying that he's wanted something his whole life, so now Infinity thinks that she wants it her whole life. But there was no middle ground. Like, every other time you see her have a thought process of, like, I don't want this, and then she's kind of, like, looking off into the distance, like, mm, and then she changes her mind. It went from zero to 60. And she doesn't do that in any other decision-making situation where she goes from zero to 60. Okay. Episode three. Infinity's boyfriend shows nothing but pure and undevoted love for her. Oh, by the way, until he meets, what's her name? Astrid. Yeah. And then bargains for seeing her breasts or having a pair of her panties. Where did this come from? What happened to the undenying love that you so desperately claim that you have? I didn't understand where that was going. I mean, that was just him as a character. He was a weirdo. I know, but it was, like, a weird sense of desperation where, like, it seemed like it would be more worth it for him to, like, get money or, like, some useless game that nobody wants anymore. Like, something quirky like that. Or just, like, straight up money to buy something quirky. Mm -hmm. He just came off as, like, this perv out of nowhere. Yeah. Episode four. If Astrid went missing, they show us the surveillance tapes... Yeah. They were never shut off. Why the hell didn't they just look at the surveillance tapes? Yeah, if they are that, I mean, they're so rich, they definitely have surveillance. They're so rich, and they're clearly paranoid because the father's running an illegal scam, so you have security cameras. If you're that paranoid, you'd be checking those things every night. Valid. And then also, there's blood everywhere. They could definitely check the DNA on that. Oh, and then what was the whole thing where he's like, you didn't break a window and wipe blood all over the carpets on your way out the door. What? That, okay, that was, like, silly. And yeah. I'm assuming that he was not being serious. No. <laughs> episode six. I skipped episode five. Oh, wow. I honestly don't... Episode like... five is the voter. I think I left that one alone. <laughs> episode six, at this point, because Ricardo and Infinity are together, not together, together, not together. Yeah. I don't even remember why they're not talking at this point. Every um, other... There was... I have no idea why they're not together in episode six. Because he ran away with Astrid. No, but then she Mm -hmm. asked him back. She's home at this point. And they were, like, they were just talking. And then all of a sudden, they're not... I lost track. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's because he did run away with Astrid. That's the main reason? Yeah. Okay. Because when... They broke up, and then he ran away with Astrid. uh And then when she called him to get back together, she found out that he ran away with Astrid and was romantically involved with her. Is that the same episode where they do that bit um, where she kind of, like, says all these, like, truths. She tells all these truths about Astrid and about Ben. No, not Ben. His real name is Ben. Peyton. Peyton. I forget if that's the same episode. I don't remember that. I feel like it might be, but for the sake of time, I guess I won't. Oh, that, no, 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 that happened, no, no, no. So what you're talking about happens in episode five because she runs away and comes back because she runs through the door with Ricardo and says, Ricardo, my boyfriend slept with Astrid Mm-hmm. And then she goes, and, and, you know, Peyton knew about me having cancer and blah, 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 blah. So that happens in episode five. Okay. So she runs through the door with Ricardo. In episode six, there's all of a sudden not talking. And honestly, at this point, I have no, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Because they've been on, 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 on. What was the next one? You were on episode six? I think I skipped episode seven, which was kind of me, I know. Episode eight. Episode finale. eight. Everything is too late because he didn't turn around a few times in high school. Oh, so all of a sudden, everything is awful. Everything is Peyton's fault because he didn't turn his head around. This whole relationship, this whole struggle. Between him and Alice? This whole reason to break off a wedding is because he didn't look over his shoulder. 
Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean break up a wedding? He's trying to break up their wedding. He's trying to break up their wedding. Right. Yeah. And goes, Alice refuses to go because he right. won't look back at her. And he re- he says, I realize this is all my fault because I didn't turn my head around. Yeah. That's why as older adults, as like, so you're mature at this, mature, you have more of a maturity level at this point. Yeah. And you're going to say that because you didn't turn your head around, I have resented you for all of these years. Well, it's not so much you didn't turn your head around, it's what the turning the head around meant. Because what she wanted him to do is they fake broke up. Right. And she wanted to know that he was still there, even though they were fake broken up. Right. But he didn't do that because he was too self-involved and too worried what people would think. So... At that moment, she realized that, yes, I am here for you, but you need to be here for me as well. And he was uncompromising in that respect. And now that he has nothing, he can really dedicate himself and be there for his friends. But I feel like that could have been resolved with, like, a quick and dirty communication because they have talked after that and they did reclaim their love after that moment. Yeah. Before... She was getting married. So I don't know if this is like one of those, oh my god, this is hilarious kind of things. Like, I'm calling off your wedding and I'm so sorry it's all my fault because I didn't turn my head around. Ah, that's hilarious. Like, I don't I don't know if that's supposed to be like the knee slapper that I missed. See, I just thought that that was like her reasoning for resenting payment. 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 (laughs) Payton. I didn't think that that was her main reason of calling off her wedding why she called off her wedding oh please oh please don't get me that's coming it's coming oh my god continue okay get out of here with calling her on her wedding and then on her wedding day they call it because Peyton decides to run yeah they call her on her wedding day well actually at that point they kind of alluded to Peyton running but they haven't fully convinced him, but they need the whole team back together to fully convince him uh, to yes. run. The whole team of murderers and sabotagers, and I forget what the other thing I called them. All against Peyton. That's the team. Yeah. Go team. They're probably going to kill him before he be- get, makes it to election day. Yeah, but now he's more grounded. He's older. He's been in a downward spiral and he's hitting rock bottom, and now he can pick himself back up. I know, but and the one can... who gave him rat poison is now on the same team as him. That's he a... obviously forgave her for that. I don't know. Because then there was that article that where they clearly talked crap about him, where they, at yeah. the end, uh, it just it didn't make any sense to me. But they call her on her wedding day. She decides to walk down the aisle. Now, I have never been married. You have yeah. never been married. No. We've been to weddings, though. Yes. And I would guarantee you that as you're walking down the aisle with your father, you're not going to talk about something that an ex-boyfriend is doing. Yeah. Right? It was just for it was for dramatic effect. It's for dramatic effect, right? I loved her wedding dress, though. It was very pretty. <laughs> she gets to the aisle. She calls off her entire wedding to help her ex-boyfriend run a campaign. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, in my maybe life. it wasn't until that moment that she fully realized what am I doing? Why can't I stop thinking about Peyton? Okay, this can't happen. I gotta go. A four million dollar wedding. Obviously, money doesn't matter to these people. Clearly. Well, it did in the beginning. She's like, I'm not calling off a four million dollar wedding. Yeah. Thad. To Thad. His name is Thad, Thad, wasn't it? Yeah. Thaddeo. That was it. So. 
I, Are you I, done with your lows? No. Just because her ex-boyfriend, who she swore off as running a campaign, I wrote in capital letters, is this supposed to be the comedy? And I guess, like, now that I think about it, it may be just because it's so ridiculous it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. It wasn't. To me. To me, it wasn't funny. I don't know. Maybe I missed something. I thought it was entertaining. It was entertaining. But so, but dramas are entertaining. You know what I mean? And when everyone comes together, where's Infinity? Because they've already showed that Infinity has showed symbolic loyalty by her and Sky visiting him in episode 8 yeah. when he's singing the song. When they round everybody together, she's not there. Well, she's on a book tour. I'm sure she'll come back in the next season. Okay. Because Which in- I, I'm pretty sure there is a second season. There is. Coming. I saw it on IMDb. Same. So, <laughs> I think I got it all out of my system. Okay. Is it time? Yes. Snack break. Snack break. Mine's real short. You want to go first? Mine's real short too, but I am going to go first. Go for it. Skittles. <laughs> Sk- you care to explain why? Uh, this is kind of stupid. Uh, Skittles and a fishbowl, which is a large alcoholic beverage, because I felt like this show was super colorful and it was very vibrant where Mm. the content really wasn't that vibrant and everyone was kind of mean and deadpan. So I need something really sugary and sweet to counteract it. Good. I wrote something strong. (laughs) Christina really didn't like this. Okay. Can I go with my expectations versus reality first? Okay. So before I even started watching this, Netflix describes it as quirky and soapy. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I watched the trailer and I watched the first episode. And honestly, I wasn't immediately hooked when I watched it, when I, the first time I watched this, because I watched this a couple months ago. But when I started to really sit down and watch this for the podcast, I was really into it. And I did really like it. I wrote in the middle of it specific shots. It reminded me a lot if Wes Anderson had written and directed Gossip Girl. I just wrote that. When I watched the trailer, I think I expected this to be a little bit more juvenile. Okay. Where they made them seem like professional baby sociopaths. Okay. Um, I, just, I, I expected it to be more like of like a whining or like a tattletale because they're high school students. Yeah. You know? It was a little bit more extra than I expected, but I yeah. guess because it's a drama and, you know, Leah Michelle's character when they did Glee, like her character was naturally over the top, but it, yeah. it just seems like it fit her. It was like everybody was over the top. I didn't expect it to go that far. Yeah. Do you want to do your IRL moments? Yes. I, okay, so I wonder if you know what mine is. Probably not. So after Peyton loses the presidency... He is in his house on his computer, and his mom walks up with, I think, a cup of tea or something, Mm -hmm. and she goes, what are you watching? And he's watching Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh (laughs) my god, yes! I love pimple popping, blackhead, ingrown hair, earwax removal, I love it. And when Peyton was asked, like, his mom comes up, Gwyneth Paltrow comes up, she's like, oh my god, what are you watching? (laughs) And he's like, Dr. Pimple Popper. And he goes, you know, it's a really great thing. It has a clear narrative. Mm -hmm. Things are excess. Happy ending every time. (laughs) (laughs) And I do, I watch those, if I'm like really stressed out, I find those calm me for some reason. Interesting. The Tweezist on Instagram, good stuff. Good stuff. So I had two IRL moments. They relate to each other. And this was the theme that I said that I very much enjoyed. So I'll sum them up and then I'll explain why. 
Peyton's mother, when he tells him as she's about to leave, I think, that she need, he needs to take a moment. Oh, I think maybe this is when he's sick. It's in episode six, so it's not when she leaves. Mm-hmm. Tells him to enjoy himself and take a moment to be normal and stop running through the motions kind yeah. of thing. Because sometimes you're just so busy, you have so many things going on, you need to stop. Smell of roses, right? Reminds me of someone. Yeah, well, that's why it's an IRL moment. <laughs> Two is when she says to him, the when he loses or when, when he doesn't win the right way, I think it's, I forget what episode it's in. The emptiness you feel is a gift. Now you know what it's like to lose. Say whatever you want about the show. There are some really great quotes from the show. One of them that I liked was from River and he said, music helps us feel things. Or something along those lines? Yeah, that was in my IRL moment. But both of these reminded me of times when, in high school, you know, I experienced legitimate failure. And it was something that I tried for. It wasn't like something like I said, all right, well, I'll just go out for this and see what happens. Like, things that I tried for, things that I studied, things that I practiced, rehearsed, whatever it was. And I actually put in the effort and I failed. And I experienced the whole, like, life is not fair kind of thing. Where there's just somebody out there that's stronger or better or faster or more inclined than you in one direction or another. And then you are in another direction, right? But you maybe haven't realized it yet because you've experienced the failure part of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's very, very, very important for teenagers to experience it at that age Mm -hmm. and decide, you know, when we're overcome with emotions and puberty and all that kind of stuff how you're going to be the type of person or what type of person you're going to be when you deal with these things and then how you're going to hone your craft as that person. I really liked that message. That was the one thing, that was my saving grace. That and Ben Platt and Ben Midler. Those, <laughs> those were my saving those were graces the three reasons. for this show. Yes, I very much enjoyed that message. When Politician Season 2 comes out, are we going to talk about it? If it's elected for anything. <laughs> Other than that, it's a no. It's going to be a no from me, we'll dog. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Hey, Randy Jackson. All right, well, that was our episode. It's, yeah. It's a long one this week. It's going to be long. I had, a, I had a lot to get off my chest. She did. So. She had a lot of grievances. Did you air all your grievances? I did. Don't take any of them out. Danielle's <laughs> editing this episode. I won't. I promise I won't. All right, well, you can please subscribe to this podcast and, and rate our, this episode. And our YouTube channel, Two Girls Drink Beer. Uh, you can follow us at Two Girls Watch TV Pod on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at the number two GWTV. You can follow Danielle on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. You can follow me on Instagram at Classic Stina on and Twitter as well. And our email is Two Girls Watch TV at gmail.com. And that's you can also follow my blog, Beer Coffee Donuts at beercoffeedonuts.wordpress.com. All right. I think that's everything. Thank oh. you so much for listening, guys. You All the- Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, week, month, year. Don't be a year. Listen to us again. Trying to get to that hour. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.